Welcome to Intercom on Product, hosted by Intercom co-founder and chief strategy officer, Des. Trainer. Today's episode is all about ChatGPT and its impact on customer support and more. Joining us is Intercom's Director of Machine Learning, Fergal Reed, who will be sharing insights and answering questions about this game-changing tool. Oh, and by the way, this intro was written by ChatGPT itself. So, you know it's going to be good. Hey, Fergal. Hi, Daz. How's it going? Thanks good. for having me back. It's good to have you back. We had you only like five weeks ago on the podcast to talk about stuff that was happening with AI, and you're back again because it's more stuff It's been a busy five weeks. It's been a busy five weeks <laughs> and a busy seven days. Seven days ago was Wednesday, the 30th of November, and I got an email with an open uh, invite to an open beta uh, for a thing called ChatGPT. What happened? What happened? So um, it, it's an interesting question. OpenAI released um, their most recent, I guess, machine learning system, AI system, um, and they released it very publicly, and it was, it was ChatGPT. And, you know, it's pretty similar to their current offering, um, GPT-3, GPT-3.5, but it was packaged differently. You didn't need to put a credit card into it. And so I think everyone just saw that, wow, there's been a huge change in capability here recently. And it went viral, it went wild, and everyone got really excited. And around the same time, they released uh, their most recent GPT-3.5 model, um, like DaVinci 003, um, which you know, does a lot of the same things. Maybe it's got like slightly different, um, it's maybe slightly less good at saying, hey, I'm a large language model and I, I can't do that for you. But it's gotcha. uh, similar in terms of capability. Okay. Let's do some quick definitions to ground everyone. Yeah. OpenAI is obviously the institute that's doing a lot of work on AI and ML. Yeah. Uh, you said GPT. What's that sound for? Is it a thing that sounds for something? I actually don't remember. General Purpose Transformer or something okay. like that. But Does that name mean anything? Or Yeah, so yeah. basically, yeah, I think the key piece is Transformer. So, okay. you know, there was, there was um, I guess, a recent breakthrough. So for a long time, people were trying to, uh, to figure out, hey, what's the best way to, like, train neural networks that deal with text and, yeah. you know, natural language processing tasks? And it was a long time, there was these, like, LSTMs that kind of combined short-term structure of your text yeah, with, yeah. like, long-term structure of, of your sentence and you know sequence models and everyone was working on those and then um, Google published this paper you know attention is all you need and a pretty revolutionary paper with a, with a pretty big thesis which was like hey um, instead of like these sort of traditional sequence models here's a new way of doing it a new model which they called the transformer model or the transformer architecture and um, it's kind of all sort of about like hey, when you're looking at a specific world, the model will learn sort of like the other parts of the sentence that you should also look right. at in conjunction with that word. And you can just learn things a little bit more efficiently um, than with sequence models, and you can train it faster, more efficiently, you can scale it further. And so, you know, transformers, everyone started to use transformers for all sorts of sequence data. And, um, and then I think OpenAI, one thing that they really contributed to was this idea that like, hey, you can take these transformer architectures and you can really push up the scale. You can add way more training data, way more compute to them. And perhaps very surprisingly, and I, I really think this is, this is the key thing, that as you push more and more training data, they seem to exhibit qualitative changes in terms of what they can do. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, hey, 
this seems to kind of understand it or you know I can say make this happier make this sadder which is like a very abstract concept where did it learn that we didn't like give it this supervised learning where it's like hey let's let's code in a definition of sadness or happiness it just started to learn these abstract concepts and these abstractions from masses of training data and you know I think basically you know open AI and, and some others have just been pushing that scaling piece more and more and more and um, and there's other things as well GPT 3.5 they, they train a little bit differently to try yeah. and align it more but basically the big thing here is that lots of scale lots of training data actually kind of simple models you can do remarkable things things that 20 years ago people would have been like well a computer will never do this it'll never be able to write me a sonnet you know yeah, and yeah. it's like what sort of sonnet would you like? Yeah, yeah. Make the sonnet happier. And so, yeah, yeah it, it's a remarkable time because a lot of things that we thought were, you know, the domain only of human intelligence, oh, you just need tons of training data and a, and a big model. And, yeah. So, like, and then what, you know, what happened since last Wednesday was, like, I guess, Twitter and then maybe, like, seven days later, like, the general internet or, like, the media, et cetera, caught on to this. And I've seen all sorts of, like, frankly, like, outstanding uses now outstanding in terms of like I just could not imagine this is possible so like I saw you know write me instructions for copying a DVD in the style of a Taylor Swift song where she's angry because she broke up with her boyfriend or yeah. something like that right yeah and uh, and it, it actually has a go at it and, absolutely and then I've seen other like other like um, like how do you install intercom on an iOS app and it actually gets that relatively correct too yeah and, and kind of everything in between and then the other like crazy thing I've seen is like for any of these things, you can double back it and say, now give me that in the style of like a 1940s gangster, and now say it in German, and now, and now translate the German into Spanish, but also add in like more, you know, more anger or whatever. And it does all these things like both immediately, like as in, you know, pretty much zero second delay. Yeah. And, uh, and like you, in all cases, you can kind of see what it's going for. And a lot of like where I, you know, one personal example I use is like, uh, you know, trying to tell your child a story before bedtime you can kind of run out of angles there's only so many different ways that like you know like whatever like tree dragons can go into a forest and get lost right yeah. however gpt3 is actually great for uh, for giving me like 10 more stories or whatever yeah. i think what i've noticed is like for the longest time the story of ai even the story like the, you know as recently as like years ago people would have been saying is like it's great for specific stuff but there's no way it can tackle creativity yeah, and um, is it fair to say it feels like we're actually in the inverse world here? Yeah, like, I mean, there's this thing people are, are, are talking about, which is, um, you know, when people were talking about AI, it was always, well, the first things that are going to do is those rote manual tasks, and yeah. then like humans, we're going to like have all this time to go and do these like highly creative yeah. things. We'll go into the, the world, forest and come up with a really make beautiful art all yeah, the yeah. time, beautiful poetry, and then it's like, oh wow, well, th th those manual tasks require really hard like vision and like processing yeah. things to solve but creativity where there's like no wrong answer and you can't you don't there's mm -hmm. no penalty for getting it wrong yeah. like it, it okay the poem isn't quite perfect but it's okay or like the the rendered um dolly 2 uh yeah. mid-journey whatever image is uh it might not be exactly what you had in mind but it's still a beautiful image you can yeah. choose one from ten and, and you can and you works. can see what it's yeah. going for as well i think that's yeah. one thing people don't realize is um like it's giving you back what was probably in your head because because you're going to see it anyway like you, you know when you, when you when i say like you know give me instructions to open a bank open a bank account in the style of rage against the machine song 
like I see like yeah we're going to fight to open the account and we're going to rage all night or whatever and I'm like ah oh, yeah I can see what you're doing but like I'm, I'm not even applying an, an accuracy scale there I'm just like ah you had to go you know like, and you're kind yeah. of giving it credit for that yeah I, I think that's probably true I mean it's like <clears throat> to what extent are we good at judging mm-hmm. you know near misses in terms yeah. of non-factual information yeah. maybe we're just not that good at it maybe yeah. we don't care deeply about it and I mean, we can get into this and we're going to have to get into this this issue of, of factfulness or factualness yeah. But, um, but like, you know, even when you ask it a factual question, let's say you ask it a customer support question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I asked one recently about like two-factor authentication. How do you reset your intercom two-factor authentication? And the answer I got, I was like, wow, th- that's a great answer. Yeah. And I look at it like, hang on, th- that's not how you re- reset your yeah. 2FA. Um, and it's a beautiful URL. It's got the reference to our Help Center article. Yeah. That's been made up too, you know? And yeah, so, yeah. Even things that are factual, like I, I think, you know, it's that like people talk about like humans and human brains and like there's this model of like, you know, system one and system yeah, two. Yeah. We have this intuitive part that's like really good at like recognizing patterns. And then we have the, the kind of logical, analytical reasoning yeah. part that's slower and more precise. Yeah. And like this thing seems like it's, it's very good at that sort of intuitive piece. And yeah. it's very good at fooling our intuitive mm-hmm. piece. So when you look at it at a glance, it looks correct. Yeah. And you, until you like really apply your slower systemic yeah. reasoning, it can be hard to see that. And so I, I think th- that that sort of intuitive piece is speculating is, is probably what we rely on more to judge creative endeavors, art, yeah. Um, yeah. pictures, sonnets, at least yeah. initially. Um, and so it's very good at generating things that are plausible on, on first glance. Um, yeah. But then maybe uh, when you actually take time to think about it, you, you yeah. see the problems. And I think that plausible at first glance thing is, is really important because I think that's like uh, most of the people, like ourselves included, who are having their minds blown, are having it blown, blown by the idea of like plausible at first glance. Right. Uh, as in like, yeah, you can, you know, it, you're giving it a lot of credit for that, despite the fact that that often might not have a lot of real world applicability. Like, you know, like it's, it's not yeah. like you're never going to hang that painting in the museum or you're never going to actually read that, you know, uh, like whatever sonnet out or you're never going to win an award for that novel or whatever. Sure. Um, and I think that um, the like the obvious direct application here, like I, I see a lot of folks like say content marketers are saying things like this is going to change my, my job forever. And I'm like, yes, but maybe not in the way that you, if you think your job is going to be like simply like typing in prompts and hitting tab, uh, it's possible that, you know, your job might not exist. Yeah. And, and, I, and similarly, I see, like, you know, managers on Twitter saying, oh, this will make performance review season so much easier, right? And I'm, in all these cases, I'm There's like... There's something wrong with that. Like, well, I'm going to say, like, folks... Performance review season easier. Something's wrong with yeah. performance review season. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I'm, I'm kind of sitting on you're, you're all saying the quiet bit out loud here. Like, if, you're, if, if your job actually involves you writing a lot of, like, spurious you know bs that yeah, could be why like why are you doing it in the first place? what are you doing yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and like uh, and I, I i get that like you know in, in the case of say content marketing there might be like reasons why like you just need to like rank for certain words or whatever but like um don't mistake that with like actually the the the, the craft of actually writing or whatever you know i mean it, it's possible this is a good thing it's possible yeah. that like you know bullshit jobs like things that like yeah. hey the person doing it feels has got no value and so yeah. like yeah. This, this performance review is just work work so yeah. I'm going to hand that off to GPT and then like you know after a while everyone kind of realizes that's yeah. what's happening 
and the person on the other side, well, I'm going to hand it off to GPT to analyze it. <laughs> and like, maybe, maybe, maybe then we can have an honest conversation about like, hey, yeah, what's, yeah. what's the kernel that's actually really valuable yeah, there? Yeah. And like, yeah. how do we eliminate the work? And why, so, yeah, why are we doing all this other like performative bullshit? Like, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it, it's yeah. possible that the, the really big contribution that this tech makes to humanity is an honest yeah. conversation <laughs> about like the amount of work work that we can yeah. eliminate. And yeah. that, that could be great. That could be yeah. like, massively transform potential that is uh, if we were to talk about like actual ap applications like something that's on my mind is like um like it's not going to like at least my experience of it directly and even what you said about say the 2fa use case it's not going to directly um you, you can't deploy it directly today in a lot of areas where there's a definitive right answer especially if the risk of giving the the wrong answer is pretty high so like you don't want this thing consuming medical records and spitting out diagnoses yeah. because I can guarantee you the diagnosis will be really well written, really believable sounding to a lay person and, uh, and you know, with possibly like a low probability of accuracy. Now, we don't know the probability of accuracy, but it'll vary yeah. based on the inputs, I'm sure. Um, it would certainly scare me a lot if someone came to me and said, hey, Fergal, we want your team to start you know, using this for medical diagnosis is yeah, going yeah. to be great. Yeah. That, that would be extremely scary. Um, but there are other, like, uh, maybe like less, uh, you know, grave, but like equally, like, um, equally inaccurate use cases where, you know, use it to diagnose a conclusion in a legal case. Like, I'm sure it would, again, it would sound good, would wrap it in all the right, like, um, boilerplate language or whatever, but like, it would still ultimately not really know what it's saying or whatever. And, uh, and, and I see the same, like, I've asked it, like, Give me ideas on how to build a modern email client to compete and win in the in the productivity space, and it gives you something that sounds, it reads really fine, but it's only when you scratch and sniff enough you're like, there's actually nothing here, like yeah. it's just nice sounding word after nice sounding word without particularly sharp opinions. Yeah. Um, that to me like makes me wonder like what a, what are the like um, ways we could make this more applicable like. So, so, so before we get into that, like I think there's two things that I think it's helpful to tease out here. Uh, one thing is that like this tech absolutely has problems with hallucinations is what a lot of folks call this, yeah. right? Where it doesn't know something, it just makes it up. Yeah. And like that's pernicious and there's a lot of domains where, yeah. you know, a one percent probably of hallucination yeah. like is a deal breaker for the domain. Yeah. And so like that that's true and you know, we would all love if if that probability was zero. But at the same time, also the the accuracy has gone up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this versus where state-of-the-art was a year ago versus yeah. where it was three years ago. Like, it, it's absolutely better at giving you the right answer a lot of the time, yeah. too. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it, it's dramatically better at, you know, quote-unquote, understanding, right? It's mm -hmm. dramatically better, like, like I, 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 I now, I, I struggle to say, oh, it's just doing pattern recognition. It doesn't understand anything. Or at least, I struggle to say that without, like, what do you mean by understanding? You're not having a real <laughs> what conversation. What is the nature of that. understanding? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, you know, we're definitely on a trajectory here where, while it will still make things up, and that's a big problem, uh, it's getting better and better at also giving you the right answer mm -hmm. when it has the right answer. And so, you know, wh what does that curve look like? Um, it, like, and it, it's it's difficult to unpack at the moment, yeah. but we're getting dramatically better models that are are, are much better at like doing the right thing while they still also sometimes yeah. do the catastrophically wrong thing. And yeah. so we should pay attention to both of those things. We should be like, yeah, this is very difficult to deploy in a yeah. lot of production settings at the yeah. moment, at least nakedly, at least without yeah. some clouding around it or some yeah. affordances around it. But also, it's getting much better. If you ask yeah. it something that's 
you know, really well covered on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. It's getting better. That, you know, ultimate example of this is, is, is computer programming, right? Mm -hmm. You can ask it an out of sample programming challenge, a programming challenge it hasn't seen. Yeah. And like, you know, if you ask it to generate you like a whole module or a whole system, yeah. it, it kind of struggles. You're sort yeah. of at breaking point. But if you ask it to write you like a function, even yeah. if you'd like a new made up out of, see, yeah. out of sample one, like it might give you totally the wrong answer, yeah. but the chances of it giving you something useful have like gone way up yeah. in a way that I think you is You were saying before it basically passes our programming, uh, our, yeah. our, like our first step stage in our programming interview yeah. is like, is like, you know, write some sort of array based question, right? Yeah. And it just nails it. Like. Yeah. So, so exactly. So, I mean, and I, I haven't thoroughly searched, but as far as I know, we have, we have a, you know, problem solving programming challenge mm -hmm. for engineers coming to intercom. I had to sit them myself uh, a few years ago and, um, and, you know, we try very hard to make sure that's like not available on the internet, yeah. and if like it, it's we, not on Hacker Rank or something. Yeah, like that, and if yeah. it is, we we, yeah. we try and like iterate and change, and we, we don't do that. Like, we're not like way up to speed, so I, I can't guarantee it, it, it isn't out there. But this thing generated a solution that just like nailed it, and you know that is a senior engineer at the whiteboard for half an hour sort mm -hmm. of problem. And it just gets it like one shot, one yeah, go. Zero seconds. Like. Zero seconds. And that's very impressive. And I, I also, you know, I, like half the rest of the world, I've been playing with, with yeah. ChatGPT or GPT 3.5 and like given it lots of other programming competition questions or programming questions, which I'm pretty sure are like out of sample. And it does a very good job. And, you know, the yeah. world knows this, like people yeah. are using Copilots, people on my team who use Copilot yeah. day to day. Yeah. But, you know, that, so that, that is a, that's a qualitative change in accuracy. Yeah. You've got to check your code. You've got to make yeah. sure it's not wrong. Um, but that's very interesting and very exciting. Very exciting as well is the idea of, you know, it's got like at least rudimentary in, introspection capabilities. Yeah. If it writes a bug, you can be like, hey, there's a bug. Mm -hmm. You know, can you fix it? And sometimes it's like, it gives you a beautiful explanation of it. And like all these models are trained to do is like, Token, token prediction, you know, predict the yeah. next few words. Yeah. If you do a good job predicting the next few words, or at least traditionally, you know, I guess it's changed a little bit in the last year, but the, the guts of it, the bulk of the training is just predict the next token, predict the next word. And there is something amazing happening here, which is that just doing that at scale, you get to some level of understanding. And it's a bit like, you know, we, I don't want that to get lost in the, in the wider discussion about hallucination, which yeah. is real and people didn't pay enough yeah. attention to maybe yeah. last week. But yeah. we also, there's this metaphor, I don't remember who, who, who kind of came up with it, but it's a metaphor out there in the internet of like, you know, there's a talking dog and someone yeah. tells you they want you to go meet their new talking dog. And you're like, dogs can't talk. Yeah. You get to the dog and the dog has a conversation with you. And everyone starts talking about how the dog's grammar isn't very good, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. very, very yeah. important. Yeah. Don't lose fight out of the fact the dog is talking, its grammar yeah, might be yeah. bad. Totally. And so the hallucinations thing for me is, is like that. This, yeah. is a, this, this feels like a big change. Maybe not yeah. one we can put in production, and yeah. who knows where it'll be in a year, two years, three yeah. years. So yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll I'm get to it in a second. But like, mm. yeah, the hallucination thing for me doesn't like render it uh, useless at all. It, mm. it, all it does is maybe changes the manner in which, like, I put it this way. Um, if we if we assume like let, let's be like pessimistic and say like given a, like a five paragraph description of a patient, it can give you a seventy percent accurate diagnosis uh, immediately, um, and in most of those diagnoses questions, there's some quick test that can then verify whether or not that's true. Like as in sounds like you have blah. Here's the quick test for blah. Turns out I was right. Turns out I was wrong. 
that's still a massive like productivity step change. Uh, if we uh, put it this way, if we assume the thing is still flawed, but but to try to take the benefit of the seventy percent accuracy, there's there's possibly still things you can do that'll be massively valuable, right? Like there there there, pro there probably are, and there probably are in a lot of domains. The the, the medical thing. Um, Obviously, is a scary yeah, yeah. Domain, I'm not so trying to advocate for like for, for, for like yeah, yeah, yeah. GPT doc, but like yeah. I I, yeah. I I have two thoughts on that. Um, the first thought is like, someone would need to study that because it is possible that hey, this thing is net negative. Yeah. That like you know the, the the new system with the human in the loop, the yeah, doctor yeah. and yeah. the artificial intelligence yeah. has a, a higher probability of a catastrophic error. Because yeah. the tired, overworked doctor sometimes doesn't do their diligence gotcha. when there's an appealing but yeah. incorrect system in front of them. Yeah, Look, yeah. this is like the, the self-driving car thing, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. It's like, you know, you've got to be ready to take over at any point. Yeah. Like, there may be areas in that regime where, like, the system as a whole with the human yeah, yeah. is actually worse than just people you have to drive. People actually overtrust. People can overtrust and, yeah, then, like, you know, yeah. uh, what do they call it? Like, de de not desensitization, like normalization of deviance. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, people study this in the context of like nuclear reactor disasters and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. what went wrong? Oh, well, we got used to this shortcut and the yeah. shortcut wasn't always valid, etc. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that's one thing I would say. But then, counterpoint weighted against that is, you know, when we're ever thinking about like things like medical things, is, yeah. you know, some portion of the world doesn't have access to a doctor. Yeah. Right? And like, yeah. maybe there's some future thing where, you know, it's, 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 like, it's the classic thing, it's like looking up medical things on the internet. It's like, yeah. well, if, if you can't afford or you're in a country that doesn't have yeah. a doctor. So, so, so I, I don't know where... Where to draw that. Where to draw that boundary. Yeah. That's a yeah. hard boundary to draw. Yeah. You know, like eventually on the trajectory, this stuff will get, yeah. you know, probably get good and good yeah. and better and better enough that eventually, the, you know, the system yeah. as a whole does outperform whatever people yeah. currently have. And yeah, I don't know. The other thing you, you were saying, um, just go back to the programming example for a sec. Because we'll, we'll actually have a real version of the medical conversation when we talk about customer support in a little mm -hmm. bit, like where it's like, hey, here's an example where error tolerance is acceptable under certain conditions, etc. Um, you were saying like, that with, like with the, when it generates code, you can say, hey, that's buggy. Or another example I saw that was popular on Twitter for a while was like, talk me through your thinking line by line or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you're giving it, um, you're telling it how to think about things, or you're, you're giving it new information and then not forcing it to like reconsider its opinion. Yeah. Uh, what's happening there? Like, so I, I think there's something fascinating happening there, and like we're, we're we got to talk right at the cutting edge here, and so this, this is speculating, and I'm a spectator. I'm not like doing yeah. this work or whatever. But uh, so I think Google published a paper um, pretty recently about like how large language models can self-improve. Yeah. So uh, just I think there's something fascinating there that, that's worth unpacking. So the first thing is that maybe about a year ago, uh, something like that. People discovered that these models, uh, while they would get things wrong a lot, you could prompt them with, and the classic one is, let's think step by step. Mm -hmm. So you would have a model, you could ask it like a, you know, a simple maths question like, you know, Alice and Bob have got like, you know, three chocolate bars and they give three away to Eve or something like yeah, that, yeah. the money they have left. And, you know, these things struggle with, with basic maths. Um, and so like, it would often like, get things like that wrong. But you could say something like, let's think step by step, that kind of like forced it to output its reasoning step by step. Along the way. Like, along the right. way. And then accuracy rates went up yeah. when you did that. Um, which maybe kind of makes sense. Like it's trained to, you know, complete text. And yeah. so like step by step, well, each step, you know, is, right. is designed so to... It's almost text. like you're not multiplying out the... Uh, 
uh, the probability of failure. Is in if you're running at each step like ninety percent correct, then yeah. five steps is all, all of a sudden like only fifty percent correct. Or Perhaps like, yeah. possibly something like that. I mean, it's always difficult to speculate on exactly what's going on in the internals of these, but possibly something like that. But you know, there was a very interesting paper recently where it was like, hey, we know that we can improve the accuracy by saying let's think step by step. Yeah. And what we can do is we can get like use that to get like better outputs than just have it like you know, I would say intuitively, instantly give the answer. Yeah. You can use that to build a new training data set yeah. and like retrain the model to like improve its accuracy. So like that for me is fascinating because that's like, hey, these things can self-improve to at least yeah. some degree. I, I saw a demo yeah. recently, um, you know, Sam Altman and OpenAI did a, a demo on a Microsoft event recently where he kind of showed, um, you know, I guess Copilot or one of those models, uh, maybe DaVinci, like Code DaVinci or something, I don't know. Um, they didn't specify, but they showed it doing something like this with a Python prompt, right? Um, where it was like, you know, they gave it a natural language um, problem, a bit like our intercom programming problem, and then, you know, asked the system to synthesize code, but then put the code into a Python prompt, and when it got it wrong, the system saw all of that, so it tried to execute the code, it saw it was wrong, and then took another go and another go until right. it got it right. right. And like, could you combine that with the self-improvement thing? You know, I think yeah. there's, there's a very interesting world here where you know, um, language models and NLP are starting to look a bit more like the AlphaGo world where mm -hmm. and self-play it improves. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's very exciting times and uh, we don't really, it's very hard to say what the limits are here. And yeah. I think there's a lot of things that people for a long time would have said in you know, uh, linguistics or something yeah. like that, where they're like, well, an AI will never be able to answer these final grad schemas or something like that. These, you know, yeah. like the the, 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 the the tractor went down the road and turned into a field, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. please explain what happened in that joke, you know? <laughs> yeah. And computers were bad at that historically, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, the magic tractor went down the road and turned into yeah. a field, you know? Yeah. The, a slight modifier like that ch changes, uh, changes the meaning. Yeah. It's getting really good at that in some yeah. domains. Yeah. Um, you can ask it like basic semantic questions or ask it to speculate and it's like it's very hard to say oh like you know up until about two three years ago and uh, whenever i saw a new machine learning system whenever we like really got into it like it always looked magical and amazing at mm -hmm. the start whenever you got into it and you got underneath the hood you're like oh it's, it's just logistic regression or like now i understand it it's much less impressive and um it's doing something extremely basic and I'm struggling to do that here. Maybe yeah. that's just because it's so hard to understand, but yeah. um, the complexity of the model. But I, I think I think the, you know these things are feel like qualitatively different capabilities than we've so had. Before we get into support, which we'll deep dive on, um, I've seen comments saying uh, this is as big a moment for the internet as Google. Mm. Uh, I've also seen like um, you know the, the sort of like I would say the cold water take. Which is like, don't be fooled. Generating random song lyrics is a is a gimmick at best, or whatever. Right? And like, yeah. there's obviously a spectrum of appetite, and depending yeah. on whether or not you're like, I guess, a techno positivist or whatever. Right? Like, yeah. Sure. Um, uh, what's your take on the Google thing? Like, uh, is this a, a like potentially as big as Google? Is this B a threat to Google? C thoughts on how Google might react? Yeah. So super speculatively here, kind of entering into total futurism and stuff. Um, I feel that. I, I'm a very bullish on AI and machine learning, whatever yeah. we want to call it. I, I feel that like the change in capability that we've seen over the last kind of like 
year and certainly if you extrapolate forward another year or two I personally feel that's as big as the internet I think that's going to like the potential and we're going to have to figure out how to productize these things it's going to have to be a ton of work done how do you constrain them to answer from a knowledge base and so on but I I just think that the, the the sum total of new capability that we've gotten and that we are likely to get feels to me as as big as the internet and I might be wrong, but that, 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 that's where I would bet. That's the order of magnitude. So bigger than Google. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think so. Now, you know, not, not just like, you know, ChatGPT that just came no, out no, last yeah. week, but the, yeah. the, the, you know, the, yeah, yeah. The, the total progress here. It, it just feels like, you know, we're seeing like dramatically better capabilities at reasoning, elementary reasoning and reasoning mm. that can be wrong, but, but sometimes quite compelling. Like, yeah. I would not have believed if you told me if it's success on programming, you know, challenges yeah. Yeah. like five years ago. I think most people wouldn't have believed it 10 yeah. years ago. Um, so yeah, so I, I think there's something big here. There's a lot yeah. of productivity that can be unlocked. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's very hard to say where that's gonna stop. And I also, I think like there's feedback loops here. I think, I, I feel this is like a Sputnik moment. I think yeah. ChatGPT, you can say like, hey, the tech isn't, that much better or like people it's getting overblown but like don't underestimate the ability of low friction being able to like go in play with something everyone can do that and i think it's, it's like a sputnik moment which is like people will kind of look at this and go wow something's arriving here i, I can see like policy sputnik reference here sorry sputnik um this is this is um you know the uh God, back in the fifties, I don't remember when. Um, but you know, there was you know the Russians put this uh, satellite in space that yeah. like orbited the Earth and like broadcast yeah. a radio signal. Right, right. People all around the world could suddenly like tune in their radio and right. get like this signal yeah. uh, coming from Sputnik. And like you know, it, it, this is the narrative that's generally told. Like in the West, people like kind of suddenly woke up and they were like, "Wow, there's there's a capability change here that we're yeah. not aware of." And then yeah. supposedly this caused the you know, the, the space race and, and the Apollo program and all yeah. that stuff. Okay. And so I, I, I kind of feel that like, you know, the, the, maybe the reaction is still playing out, but I just see so many people who yeah. were not really paying attention to this are suddenly excited about it. Maybe that hype will die down. We're in the middle yeah, of it, yeah, so yeah. it's difficult to predict. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, if this won't be it, then something else will be soon, I think. That's all well and good. What about customer support? Obviously, Intercom is a customer support platform, and the potential that GPT Chat or GPT 3.5 or any of these technologies can uh, either make support better or faster or cheaper or more successful or more end to end is something that we're always all over. I know you've been thinking about this from a support point of view. Yeah. Earlier, we talked about how. Um, you know how like there are there are environments where like uh, an incorrect answer is like you know very 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 bad, and there are environments where it's like actually quite tolerable. You know, yeah. Um, we have like you know twenty five thousand customers across all. You know, some of like banks probably can't afford one. Other people would happily afford one if, because it means they can support all their customers faster or whatever. Yeah. Um, how do you think about this technology as it applies to support based on what you've been seeing and looking at without giving away anything super sensitive? Yeah. Um so, you know, we were obviously, we, we, we try and pay a lot of attention to changes and developments in this space. And we, you know, we got, we got, we were looking at um, GPT-3, like, pr- pretty early. Um, and, you know, our, our initial thoughts were, um, hey, like, the accuracy is not quite there yet. Um, the hallucination problem is, is a big problem to just, you know, nakedly, like, say, hey, it's, it's consumed the Intercom Help Center. Let's ask it questions about resetting my two-factor authentication. J- just failed, just failed. 
Um, and we've been looking at uh, kind of the GPT 3.5 family of models and some other models as well recently. And, you know, it, initially, uh, you know, so we, we have resolution bot, we have it in production. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, you know, it's not using language models that are as large as maybe medium language mm -hmm. models, um, you know, embeddings and so on. And, you know, it, it gets very good accuracy at the sort of thing it does. And it's designed to, you know, the customer has to go and like curate a specific answer. It will never, we made a conscious design decision very early on yeah. that it would never say anything that hasn't been like explicitly curated by, by, yeah. by the team. And um, I think that, that works well for a lot of businesses because, yeah. hey, it might deliver the, the wrong answer sometimes. We try carefully control that, but it's always going to deliver you like a relevant answer and yeah. or, like an, an answer that's, that's not, not going to mislead you. Yeah, and, uh, well, specifically, like, I think it's the way in which it gets wrong is it might give you a wrong correct answer. If you're not, yeah, as yeah. In, the thing it gives you will be something that somebody in your company has said, this is a correct, cohesive piece of text. Exactly. It might not just be the right one for the question, and, right? Like, and we, all, we always like, yeah. we, we, we've like, we encourage our customers to, uh, to always kind of like write the, the answer in such a way as like, oh, to like, to reset your account, do the yes, following yes, things. Yes. So if it is delivered wrongly, at least the end user is not disoriented. Yes. And they can make that they don't judgment. They go and do it for no reason. They can go like, oh, it's a stupid bot. It, it gave yeah. me the wrong answer. Yeah. As opposed to like, I am misled and I'm not going to like waste yeah. a bunch of time. Doing something that doesn't need to bad. And so like, so initially, um, you know, GPT-3, we were like, we were like, oh, it's just, it's, it's really cool, but difficult to see the, the kind of end-to-end -end usage of this. And, and I think that, that that's borne out, which is that, you know, that's been a couple of years and, you know, I'm not aware of anyone who has deployed GPT-3 in a, in a total, like, end-to-end -end way to, like, answer the customer's question. End-to-end meaning, like, there's no agent in the mix, right? There's so no like, agent in the yeah. mix and that it's not, like, wrapped in something that, like, carefully yeah. constrains it. Like, Because the risk there is, like, the, there'll be, like, an, uh, kind of almost like a dark matter, like an unknown unknown. So yeah. if someone goes to your business and asks a question, that you didn't see because GPT right. uh, dealt with it, gave it the wrong answer, and the customer goes off and does the wrong thing. No yep. one actually knows what's happened there, if you know what I mean, except for the, the bot. And the bot doesn't even know it's wrong because it doesn't know if it's spoofing or not. Yep. So you kind of end up in this potentially, like, potentially dangerous world, right? Exactly. And so we, we, we've like quite carefully designed Resolution Bot to, to kind of like to avoid getting into any of those situations. Yep. Um, we, we calibrate it, we check that, you know, when it says something helped the customer, it, it, it did help the customer, and we, we have ways of like checking that between explicit and implicit customer feedback. So you know, but but it's conservatively designed, and you know, at some point, the technology, these sort of like open domain question answering things, or something you could build on top of GPT three point five. Like at some point, that will get good enough that for a certain portion of our customers that equation changes, right? Where it's like, hey, I'm not, I'm not answering medically critical things. Yeah. And like the inaccuracy rate has fallen, you know, it was 90% accurate, now it's 99% accurate, yeah. now it's 99.9%. Yeah. You know, the, 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 how, how commonly it gives you the wrong answer will eventually fall below the critical threshold where yeah. it's like, hey, just be able to like take this out of the box, it, 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 it's just worth it. I yeah. don't have to go and curate yeah. these answers. So that will probably come. Uh, when will that come? And is it here today? Has it come in the last like few so, weeks yeah. with like you know DaVinci yeah. 003 and and and, and ChatGPT? And that's obviously something we've been assessing, like a lot of other people. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, work in progress because 
you always have to go and like play with the prompts. Like you know, you can you have this. You know, when when you when you interface with ChatGPT or GPT three, you 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 ask it a question, and we could take like an end user's question and then wrap it in something that says, "Hey, you're a very conservative customer support agent. Yeah. If you don't know something and you're not completely sure, you always say, I 'I don't know.'" And yeah, you yeah. reason step by step, and you're super conservative. Yeah. And like maybe it's, maybe we can like wrap it to get the the benefit yeah. of you know the 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 deeper natural language understanding which yeah. these models have and yeah. the deeper ability to synthesize and rewrite yeah. text which yeah. can be beautiful and can be really nice maybe we can get those benefits and then constrain the hallucinations and the yeah. errors enough is that another version of like of like walking through this line by line yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, is, is that whole field is that what people call prompt engineering prompt engineering yeah. like there is yeah. starting to be people like we were, we we're joking uh, the machine learning team and intercoms going the prompt engineering team yeah. And we're kind of joking about that as we play with it. And, yeah. But there are people out there who, you know... At some are, point, that laughter stops, I'm sure. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. People out there who, uh, who you know, who, yeah. who, who, who really sweat the prompts and have yeah. gotten really good at, at yeah. prompt engineering. So it's a real thing. And so, you know, it's like, it makes it difficult to say, like, oh, this, this new tech is definitely yeah. not good enough mm -hmm. because what will the best prompts be like in yeah. six months? But... That said, um, we don't we don't think it's here yet, and yeah. all the prompt engineering we've done on yeah. like DaVinci in the last week or something, it's like you you can you can get you can get it to be more conservative, yeah. but um, not 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 enough. Like the, the probability yeah. of giving a wrong answer and just totally making stuff up is too high. At least to use it in a for end users in a in kind of like a naked way. In That's what I was about to ask. What about like the we talked earlier about the doctor augmentation question? Like, is there a version of it where you can uh, do it from like the agent augmentation? Well, so so I mean, we, we um, as you know, um, we uh, we believe um, we, you know, and Intercom, we've been thinking about this area very deeply um, for an extended period, and in the last you know few months, um, we have had like internal discussions about the future of the customer support inbox yeah. and about generative models um, and I guess you, you know jet models that like generate stuff um, as opposed to just classify things yeah. and um, you know we believe that their time is coming for support augmentation yeah. and I think that seeing ChatGPT explode um, recently and all the excitement about it is, is evidence for that is evidence yeah. that like yeah these things are getting good and there's a lot of things you can do um, in the inbox or in a context like the inbox to constrain, just kind of sound off the rougher edges of yeah. these things. Yeah. Um, so for an example, an example might be to like curate the responses that it's allowed to, to give and then use the generative model to like predict what should happen, yeah. but then, uh, then only actually allow the suggestion thing to serve to the teammate, yeah, yeah. like a macro or, yeah. or like a conversational response hopefully provide like a beautiful interface for the teammate to make it easy for them to do that. Um, alternatively, um, to, you know, have it go and like search in your knowledge base and there, there's, yeah. there's just techniques you can use to try and apply it yeah. to that and constrain it to that. And then maybe maybe show like, you know, this is the, the answer that this yeah. thing rewrote from your knowledge base. And side by side with that, here is the, the original source article yeah. so that the customer support rep can like look at them side by side. And see if it like, up. Yeah, and see if it right, adds so, up. So there's so. an angle like where the, the AI explains like it, its epistemological basis for how it concluded yeah, this. How, how it knew and, what it knew. And, yeah. and, and in that world, you're actually, you don't even, you don't even need, like if you're the support rep, you don't even need to know 
if it's actually right. You just need to know if the logic stacks up. And in a sense, yeah. obviously, it'd be better if you knew if it was right as well. But like, if it says, hey, I read the How to Reset a 2FA article linked here, yeah. and I, I'm from that, I'm, I suggest that this is how you reset 2FA. You're probably like, that's the right article to read. That, that's the yeah, right article. Uh, you, 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 yeah. you might need to go, like, you know, the, the problem is that when they get it wrong, they're so good at seeming right. Like, yeah. that, like, you know, like they'll invent the idea that <laughs> yeah, there was an article. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and so, so you might need to go beyond that. You might need to have, like, you know, uh, the untrusted part of the interface, which is maybe yeah. like the composer and it pre-filled something in your yeah. composer. And there's also like a trusted part of the interface beside that, yeah. maybe just above it or something like that, that shows the original source article, shows yeah, the relevant okay, okay, paragraph okay. rendered. Yeah. And so you can look up both. And then the thesis is that like, hey, that kind of quick check is better than like, you know, because we, we, you know, we, we obviously we study customer support flow very carefully yeah, and very yeah. closely. And we absolutely have some support agents where it's like, okay, got the question they have to go and find that article themselves yes. some expert ones they, they know it they're yeah. instantly there you know exactly yeah. where to go maybe they've got a yeah. macro that that does it yeah. but then maybe someone who's like newer in the company and um, they're, they're still being trained in or maybe it's, yeah. it's only part of their job and um, they have to go and they've got to find the article themselves yeah. and then they got yeah. to read it and they got to check the answer and then they yeah. got to copy paste it and then they got to yeah. reformat it and maybe, yeah. maybe so maybe there's like maybe there's like a you know a, a multiple productivity yeah. like boost maybe you can make someone twice as efficient or something there yeah, yeah. by like automating that whole flow for them. But all and that agent behavior, like, it, mm. all that agent behavior will also inform the system, right? Like, so like yeah. if you put it live and like agents are forever going wrong, right, wrong, right, all that feeds back in and then it gets better. Or if they're rewriting the answer to be like more accurate, I assume like yeah. you know we can learn from that and then and then like very quickly the system converges on all the right answers. Yeah, so, you know, we, uh, we certainly could build a system that does all of those things. Like, GPT 3.5 won't natively yeah. do that. If you decide yes, to build yes. on it as a yeah. building block, yeah. um, and look, there's even an assessment, is that the right system to build yeah, yeah. on? Fair, fair. Its capability yeah. is very good, but it's not the only generative model yeah. in town. Um, but whatever we build on and we're getting really into the roadmap yeah, <laughs> whatever, okay, okay. whatever we build on um, potentially we would build like a learning loop yeah. uh, most of our tech at the moment where we do that we absolutely gather feedback there are some parts of like resolution bot like yeah. you know predictive answers where it predicts things to end users where you know it actually does use the like the user saying that helped exactly, and say wait yeah. for the team yeah, yeah. as training signal yeah. and and, yeah. and like the feedback and itself potentially we'd end up building that and yeah. um, uh, you know there's a lot of trade-offs like it's very easy to say oh we want a system that will like yeah. learn in production yeah. Yeah. but then it's like okay who has to maintain that who has mm -hmm. to debug that sometimes it's easier um to to get it to like a stable state and then yeah. like lock it where yeah. it just you know so it depends that's something that okay. the, the team here and um, we, we like we, we did metrics and analytics and yeah. whenever we upgrade or you know we're, we're getting into the, the yeah. details of yeah. our models and yeah. how we check their yeah, accuracy sure. and calibrate them and stuff yeah. but, what but, yeah. about um like i know currently our inbox has this feature where like based, based on what you've said before like if i, if I jump into the inbox it'll say it, like, but before i've said anything to try and start a conversation it'll say like hey i'm des co-founder of intercom uh thrilled to be chatting with you or whatever and whatever my most common thing is that's automatically pre-written for me um yeah, smart replies. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Like that, like, I'm around saying, like, you know, that is just a, the, the mini version in some sense of what we're describing here. Like, because we, we were really just going for like salutations and maybe ends and maybe handoffs and just yeah. the, the kind of the, the, the common boilerplate of a support conversation should be there for you. And that alone is a productivity boost. 
Yeah. Um, but the idea that we could just get one degree more sharp and be like, you know, somewhere in the middle of all that boilerplate is here's the meat of the answer is like where, we're, where you're talking about going, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. And, you know, and again, there's, you know, to separate things out, there's, there's yeah. the, the change in the world with like yeah. the, you know, an increased capability, uh, GPT 3.5. Um, and then there's the stuff that like, hey, we're working on as, as we grind away yeah. on this problem and try yeah. and really deliver things that will make things better for our customers. And, you know, I think the capabilities have, have really improved and then we're still figuring out, can we use this? Is there a shortcut to where we want to go yeah. via this? And, you know, and maybe we can use these capabilities even as building blocks, yes, you know, yes, like, yes. Um, hey, this, you know, loads of ways of potentially using them as building blocks. Yeah. But, uh, but in terms of the, you know, the direction we were going on already anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of things agents do, like greetings, where it's very obvious. Like, we don't ever want to annoy people. We don't ever want to, like, have an agent, you know, read through a bunch of text and then be like, oh, that, that's useless yeah, income. Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. They go blind and it yeah. reduces their trust in the yeah. system. It just slows them down. We want to, like, help them out. Um, and so, yeah, so smart replies, we started out with, like, greetings. It was just such an obvious thing to do. We can very easily tell when you're probably going to want a greeting. Mm -hmm. uh, you're coming to a conversation, it's a new conversation, no one said anything to the end user before. It's very obvious, and that was a low-hanging low piece of fruit. People really liked the, the user interface, like you just press tab, yeah, boom, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Um, it's easy, it's low friction. Um, now, we only get to make a single suggestion there, yeah. and then there's sometimes when, you know, it's just hard for the system to tell. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's three different things, and you know, people at the moment like we have this macro flow. They use macros a lot. They got to choose which of the macros. Yeah. So we're looking at stuff like should we be suggesting those macros to people proactively? Maybe it's not enough. To, maybe maybe we don't want to be pre-filling the composer. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we want to like just show some macro suggestions yeah. that are contextual. Yeah. There's a lot of flows that are repetitive. We've been working on things like flow finding, like trying to like understand the, the kind of the common yeah, yeah. steps people go through. And, you know, but I mean, I guess the big message is, um, we do believe that this sort of generative tech, it, it needs to be shaped, mm -hmm. it needs to be made good so that it's not annoying, so that it's not giving you wrong things, misleading you, certainly never pushing more work or more stress on you yeah. than, than you would without it. We, we do believe that it, it's time is coming and we're trying to figure yeah. out like, best ways to uh, to really make people more efficient and and you know yeah to, to, to leverage it to put it in a, in a yeah. production setting that actually works for people um two f sort of final questions one is yeah. like uh we're talking about support what other industries do you think will will get like will see value out of this early days it feels like support is is a target rich environment for this type of tech but are there yeah. others well, I mean, obviously, like I'm bullish on support. We're bullish on support. Um, there's just there's so many things that are, you know, rote. Like it's mm -hmm. like oh, like the the agent pretty early on recognizes that this is a problem of the following sort. Mm -hmm. This you know, this is a reset yeah. my account yeah. or something like the that. The sort of autocomplete powers is like extreme. Yeah, right? there's so much structure in that area, yeah. and you know, so there's a combination of like real customer problem structure. Um, meets like technology that's very good at like dealing with natural language, yeah. reshaping it. Um, we we can see way we can see like a button you can press to make what's in the composer more formal, mm -hmm. right? Or like a button to make it more apologetic, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We can see things, um, yeah, th things like that. Oh, yeah. Other things as well. Um, we we think it's we think it's very it's a very exciting area at the moment. Yeah. I don't want to go into yeah. everything totally speculatively, yeah. but. Uh, you know, even before this recent thing, we were, you know, the machine learning team is kind of all in in this area, and so we're big believers in support. 
Um, outside support, you know, anything where there's um, like structure in the task and where there's like a human approver who's able to discern whether an answer is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. um, this is gonna seem like weird intuition, but you know, in computer science or in cryptography, we, we pay attention to certain types of problem where, you know, it's easy to verify an answer is correct, but hard to go and, and like find that answer. So yeah, yeah. problems that... It's like P equals MP type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. complexity yeah. classes, all that sort yeah. of stuff, which is very easy to get confused about. So I'm, I'm not going to try and do that on the fly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, um, you know, people are interested in problems like that. And I can't help but think there's, there's similar intuition here. If you have a challenge where it's pretty easy for a human to verify whether an answer is correct or not, but it's laborious yeah. for them to go and, like, look yes. that up, fish yeah. that out. Um, or it may be in the limit case where you know, yeah. like don't know versus don't care, um, yeah. you know, where the human doesn't care whether the answer is correct yeah, or not, because yeah. there is no such thing as correct, because like, yeah. it's like, write me a poem so about is, yeah, X, Y, totally. or like, okay. reformat this slightly. Yeah, so that class of problem where either, either, either like checking is, checking, validating answer is very cheap, yeah. creating answer is very expensive, or yeah. there is no valid answer and you just actually need, yeah. uh, you just need the presence. And, and that's yeah. the technology right now, um, and yeah. the answer might be different in six months yeah. or in a year. And yeah. um, I would look at the programming thing, like it could be that in a year that instead the answer is something more like, hey, any time where a computer can check whether yes. the answer is correct or yeah. not. Um, or it could be that like any time the, you know, Anytime the domain is sufficiently simple mm -hmm. that the machine learning system will definitely give you or yeah. quite likely give you the right yeah. answer. So it's, it's an evolving thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to set limits at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, you know, other, other industries, other domains, like, you know, like computer programming, right? Like expert person sitting down at the terminal, they got to review the code anyway. Um, they're able to do that. And, you know, like it is like okay there can be a subtle bug somewhere in your code sometimes it's easier to like write the code yourself than identify mm -hmm. the subtle bug mm -hmm. but a lot of the times like if you look at the workflow of a computer programmer a lot of the time it's like oh i know how to do this but i don't remember exactly how to use this library i'm going to google for it i'm going to go to stack overflow i'm going to copy paste the answer number three from stack overflow yeah. put that back in change it a bit or add yeah, a little bit or maybe not supposed yeah. to copy paste directly from Stack Overflow for copyright. I mean, I'm sure, Probably yeah. nobody does that. Yeah. But somebody yeah. might. And um, and you know, but the idea is that like they can you know when you see answer number three in Stack mm -hmm. Overflow you'll be like, oh yeah, that, that's, that's right. That's one. what I want. Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole workflow like that that occupies yeah. a lot of programmer time. Mm -hmm. And now you know copilot Gone. comes along and run does an end run around that and then also will like reformat the code to like yeah. fit in with your existing variable yeah. names and stuff. That, that's extremely powerful. And, you know, we started, we talk about like, what is Copilot for customer support? You know, like there's a, and we, we have like prototypes and there's, there's a lot you can kind of like play with yeah. there. Maybe, maybe you just, you don't answer the, the full question. You just give it like the two or three yeah. word answer and then it writes it out and then you modify it and you're like, make that yeah. more formal, make that longer, yeah. make that shorter. It feels like there's, 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 a, there's a lot we can do there. This has been great. We'll check in, and, and I guess in two more weeks, but the whole world has changed again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if not, it could be a few months. Thanks very much. By the time this is up on the web, I'm sure it'll be yeah, out of date. May yeah. look foolish, that's, but that's the nature of this thing. That's yeah. absolutely. That's why you're working. Cool. That's why I'm working. That's why it's exciting. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks a lot for the best. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Take care. This is Intercom on Product.